0: The following is a production of SAK Digital Ventures. Welcome to Cigars and Sports Chicago, a place where you can sit back, relax, smoke a cigar, and talk about Chicago sports.
1: Now, Here's your host, Steve Cass. Welcome to Cigars and Sports Chicago, episode forty-seven. So much for the Jim, for Jim Harbaugh edition. You have reached the best place for cigars and Chicago sports. And yes, by the way, if you thought we were gone, we have been gone for a while, but now we're back. Let me set the scene. We are at the place. The place is a cigar lounge at 5236 Main Street in Downers Grove, Illinois. The place is a cigar lounge, as I mentioned. It's a great place to hang, smoke a cigar, watch a game, whatever you want to do. You know, meet Phil and I. You know, we've talked about all this before. You can also follow us on X sometimes known as Twitter, at Cigars and Sports, and you can get this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am smoking a LaFleur Dominicana El Jaco Perfecto Number 2 Maduro. Phil, my friend and colleague, I would like to introduce you. You are my partner. How you doing? What's going on?
0: Uh all's good just trying to get through this uh little bit of cold weather looks like we're going to get a little warm up uh I too am enjoying a nice cigar I'm trying a uh, Padron 5000 Natural that uh my good friend Jan Benish, uh threw me one of his a couple weeks ago and I thought boy I like this cigar so I picked up a box and uh, and I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying them it's a little uh, off from my usual smoke but I enjoy them but everything else is going great Steve uh how about you
1: Uh, I'm doing pretty well, although I'm feeling somewhat bad about the fact that we just minutes ago got the news that uh, Jim Harbaugh is now the coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, which is unfortunate because my thinking on the coach situation with the Bears was that, hey, I was going to be okay keeping Eberflus, although by the way, when we had our last episode I was, of course, that was at the end of November. I was predicting that Iberflus was going to be fired. I was predicting that Harbaugh was going to be the coach. I was, of course, predicting I think the Bears probably were still going to win the Super Bowl. None of those things have happened. And actually, when they kept Iberflus, and I want to get your take on this, I didn't have a big problem with that for a variety of reasons. When the Bears fired Matt Nagy, I didn't care who they hired or what they did. They just need to fire him for the sake of firing him and hopefully get a better coach. Frankly, I think that He did some bad things, but I think he did some really good things this year. And I was actually fine with keeping him unless you had the opportunity to get Jim Harbaugh. And the fact that they didn't even talk to Harbaugh is obviously a major negative. And the fact that now that I'm sitting here tonight thinking that they could have had Jim Harbaugh and instead we have Matt Eberflus. No, I'm not feeling very good about that. But, you know, I guess at least we've got some some continuity. You know, Eberflus has got the locker room. But, yes, would I have rather had Harbaugh? Yes, 100%. And I would love to know the story of why they didn't think that they should even talk to him if for some reason he wanted to talk to them. So, I guess, first of all, what's your take on keeping Eberflus?
0: Well, you know, before we get into that, I I would like you started off by saying all the predictions you had in November. Uh, I'd love for you to just once hear you say, I'm wrong. But since we won't hear that. um, Nope. Not hearing that. Yep, but not going to hear that. I think keeping even fluids was a horrible mistake. As we all said, I think the Bears, I agree with you. The Chicago Bears job, quite frankly, is probably one of the more premier coaching jobs in sports. And it could get played to the highest level. Someone wants to take it. Uh, you know, look at coach Dickie; He's still making bank after 40 years. He, Aver Fluss's last six weeks of this season to me, doesn't encompass his work as a whole. And I think his work as a whole has been mediocre at best. I think he's got a lot of flaws. You, you repeatedly talk about the locker room. Uh, just like you said, you'd love to know, you know, the reason why they didn't even sniff Harbaugh, uh, I'd like to know how we know the locker room is all the way, all that you think it is when we're actually not in the locker room. But I just look at people's records. I look at his record. I think it was as abysmal as Fields' record. And I would love to have seen him move on. But they didn't. They fired an offensive coordinator. They they got rid of a defensive coordinator in the middle of the season, which is another reason they never told us why. And then they hire an offensive coordinator from Seattle that, you know, you could Google all the articles you want and half say he was he was okay and half say he had these flaws, uh, numerous flaws. I look at it as a real good offensive coordinator, um, a real good one, moves from that position on to being a head coach. Um, so for him, it's a lateral move. So, you know, maybe they didn't get the best because. Um, Is it. You know, they got another guy making a lateral move. Is it
1: fair to say? Well, I'm glad that it's a lateral move because I want a guy who's an experienced play caller. And I'm not saying that this guy is going to turn out to be the greatest guy in the world. And the fairness, and in fairness, the last three years he's been in Seattle, and their offense has been, you know, middle of the pack ranked. So that definitely concerns me. Um, that said, you know, this is a guy who's worked with Belichick, he's worked with Sean McVay, he's worked with um, Shanahan, he's worked with Pete Carroll. There must be something good about this guy because he's worked with three or four of the greatest coaches in NFL history who hired him. And frankly it's extremely difficult to keep an offensive coordinator job for three years, which, which he actually did in Seattle. You know, you could argue that based on their receiver core over there that, you know, maybe he underperformed. Also, if I would have told you that the, you know, three years ago, the best quarterback that he was going to have, you know, would be Geno Smith. You probably wouldn't have believed that. Um, but I mean, I'm okay. I think it's a very safe hire. You got a guy who's got, you know, a ton of experience, But just going back to the head coaching thing, is it fair to say for you that unless they had hired Harbaugh, that no matter who they had hired, you would have thought the person was going to suck? Is that fair?
0: You know, that could have a, a, a bit of fairness to it. But with the longevity I have with the Bears and the Bears track record, I'm at the point as a fan and as an observer that until they prove it, they haven't proved it. So until they hire the right coach and I see that coach make the playoffs and then maybe I see that coach win a few playoff games, until I see that, then I think you're correct. I will have a negative attitude towards any coach just because of the Bears track record of hiring coaches and the Bears track record of picking players and how the players prove out. So I am a diehard Bear fan. But I am a cautious fan because of what they've done to me. They've jaded me, and I'm not. I'm not jumping on to that ship yet until I know that ship can sail real well. And until they prove it, I don't know it. So you know, I look at whatever Floss has done until now, and you know, I guess I get tired of the excuses. That maybe it's the quarterback, or he didn't have the right receivers, or he had injuries, and you know, but what all
1: excuses? The who thought they playing. were going to be better? Like who thought they? That- like, in the beginning of the year, did you think they were going to be – no one was projecting that they were going to be a playoff team. So, as far as I'm concerned, he did do – I mean, what we assumed that he was going to do, the win total was 7.5. He had no roster the first year. I mean, I don't think anyone would argue. I don't care who the hell was the coach the first year. But you'll
0: admit they lost a few games this year, possibly. Because I would say they,
1: they lost – they specifically lost three games as a result of him, and meaning I'm agreeing with you. Right, like, and those three games would have those three games
0: would have put them in the playoffs. So now they're a playoff team. So now I look at Everfluid a little differently because now they're a I playoff agree team. With you. So I look but
1: at I, it, I, I look but at. But I'm it bringing way. it back to the fact that no matter who they would have hired, unless it was named Jim Harbaugh, you would have thought the person was a bad hire. Like there's no question. The only way that anyone can be a good hire for you is afterwards. I think you have you said that they have to win like. Four division titles, a Super Bowl, two championship games—like that's the only way you're going to judge. The no, to or a team. well, back
0: to Jim Harbaugh. I think Jim Harbaugh, and I think you'll agree with me. I think Jim Harbaugh was the best hire available.
1: Right I agree. Now. I'm just, but I'm just, and I, and share. then where
0: I get where I get pissed off is it seems to me the Bears never go for the best. It's always like they settle, and right now, Ever Fluid's record is a settle he's proved nothing to me because my metrics personally start with making the playoffs and until they do if he's got eight wins and he just misses the playoffs by one win that makes him the best of all the losers that's what it makes it to me so until he makes the playoffs then it's a different story because that's what it's about 12 teams made the playoffs do you think that do you think that um dan campbell is a good coach I think Dan Campbell for the Detroit Lions and that team has done a wonderful job. He's, he's done a great job. Well, I don't know if Dan Campbell would work with the same personnel at, at Miami or the same personnel at. at well, he and, didn't have and, a better record. I have no He idea. didn't have a
1: better record at this point than Eberflus does. So, I mean. Right, but he proved himself. And so, yeah, keep right, Eberfluss. No, keep no, no, but I'm just Let's saying, in fairness, Let's you would play. have hated him too if he, unless he had already succeeded. But in fairness,
0: two years ago when the Lions were – where people were saying, oh, it looks like they're putting things together, and if Campbell was a little – had a flaw here and there or something, and if the Detroit Lions two years ago had a chance to get Jim Harbaugh, they might have done it. You don't know that. They might have done it. But now they, they stuck with him, and he's proven, and he's a winner. And if, and if Everfluid makes the Bears winners, and it's because of him – And it partly will be because of him. It'll partly because they decided to draft correctly for the first time in 40 years. They decided to put some things together. They decided, which since you'll never admit that you're wrong at anything, I will admit at that point that maybe Poles knows what he's doing.
1: But right now, as of today, to me, they've proved nothing. He's a winner for one year. Um, Let me ask you a question. Maybe you could help me with this. What time is the Eagles game this weekend? Yeah, the same time
0: as the Bears game. I, I well, get the reason
1: that. I'm saying that is the reason I'm saying that is is that you would have argued that Sirianni was a uh, great coach last year, and he certainly did not have a good year this year. So I, I don't know. Let, let's just change topics, okay? So they have the first and the ninth overall pick, and I guess what would be your you know obviously we have this whole. You know, do you keep fields? Do you move on from them? Whatever. So what would be your strategy with the first overall pick? You know, and you can go to the ninth if you want, but just what would be your first round strategy with the Bears' assets?
0: Well, I think as we, as we discussed, whatever fluid, uh, you had the chance to possibly get the best, and they passed on that. And they're going to have a second chance two years in a row, which is unheard of in the NFL to get the first pick in the draft. We all know the most important position on any team is the quarterback, and they chose to do nothing with it last year for that position. And I think going two years in a row and not do anything regarding that position would be not a good move. Uh, And it's because of what I've seen Fields' body of play. I look at these playoff games I watched last weekend. The quarterbacks that had success did something that Fields just hasn't adapted to, and that's quite frankly they stay in the pocket and they deliver passes, and they don't go running around like madmen. So we need a pocket passer, and that being said, uh, the Bears need to take a quarterback. I would certainly say on paper, possibly stat-wise, Caleb Williams is the guy that everybody's talking about. I can't disagree that the guy may end up being a great quarterback. I also cannot agree that he is already crowned a great quarterback in the NFL. Um, Nobody knows that until he steps on that field. But I would say, if you want my opinion, Fields goes, Caleb Williams is the Bears' first pick.
1: So, I think the same thing, meaning that you're just saying, as you sit right now, if you were making this, the decision, that's what you would do. That's what I would do. So, what do you think that they will do? Well, now, you know, now that's a big
0: mystery. Now, we go back to my theory of the Bears over the last, let's say, 40 years. And when I say 40 years, I just go back to when they won their last Super Bowl and then moving forward, which, you know, except for lightning in a bottle in 2012 or 11 when they made the Super Bowl and got their ass kicked, they've been an abysmal football team in a football program with the same owners. They've had horrible first-round draft picks on average over the years that have been total busts. Um, so what do I think the Chicago Bears will do? I, it's it, it could be a disaster and it could be great. I, I don't know. The odds of it being great, Better pass track record is slim. And that just could be by happenstance it just ends up playing that way. But uh I don't I don't know. I can't predict what to do. They they may I, I, I'd hate to see them trade that pick. Um I think they need to the keep I think to trade that pick to try to build around fields, uh, I just don't like that move. So I, I think they gotta take a quarterback. Could they take Drake May? I don't know, they might take him. Um, There's a couple other good quarterbacks out there. When I say Drake May, he's the one that's ranked second, or people saying he'd be the next man up as far as quarterbacks. Um, But I still think uh, my gut says they're going to take a quarterback in that first pick. What about you?
1: I believe that they are going to take Caleb Williams, unless they find something in his background from a character or a people standpoint. um, I believe that they're going to take him. I will tell you that... I do believe, and Ryan Pohl said this in the post-game press conference, that the most important thing is, is that, you know, is the guy, you know, he, he needs to get to know the people. And I think that's going to be a really important part of this because the reality is this is a really tough town to succeed as a starting quarterback. And as certainly many of them have failed, but also this is a tough place to fail you know, the fans and the media are gonna be all over you. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Like they're not gonna be like, oh, he's a rookie quarterback, wait till next year. This the expectation is gonna be based on the roster that they have, and also they will have additional long-term cap space um, if they end up resetting the, the salary cap with the you know, with the quarterback. So they're gonna have a lot of opportunity to do some things in the offseason in addition to him, including potentially even going with a weapon with that ninth overall pick. And I'm just telling you, there's going to be a huge amount of pressure, and he's going to get a huge amount of crap, and they're going to have to make sure that he's a guy that can handle it. Because say whatever you want about Justin Fields, and I agree that it is a better decision to move on from Fields, and I'll explain that in a minute. He has dealt with the town, the fans, the media, you know, his teammates. He's dealt with the whole situation really well, and there's a lot of guys that would not do that well at all. I mean, look at Zach Wilson at the end of his second year refusing to basically play and wanting a deal to get out of there. Fields has been has represented himself uh, and the franchise well, and I think we sort of take that for granted a little bit because this, as soon as this guy does something – You know, there's going to be people out there that are going to judge him. You know what I mean? As soon as he goes out there with his fingernails painted or he's crying to his mother or whatever the case may be, people are going to be all over him, and he's got to be able to deal with it. Do you agree with that? Uh, Some of
0: that. um, Yeah, I mean, so Fields came to work every day. Uh, A lot of people come to work every day. So I I hear what you're saying there. Um, That's fair. But – you know, it still doesn't take away the fact. I think what you're leaning towards, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, is maybe Williams uh, won't be the right pick. I still think they're no, gonna take I a want it. No, I want so Caleb runners, I still, I want you know, Caleb Williams. And, and that Period. You know, the thing about you know, keep Fields and then use the draft pick to build around them, When you, if you take Caleb Williams per se or Drake May, just take another quarterback, and you got the ninth pick, and you get. Whatever, and we, it's a hypothetical what we'll get for Fields, figuring you're going to launch him, I think you could take the ninth pick and what you're going to get for Fields and build around that new guy. And I just think uh, if we want to stick with Caleb Williams, I think Caleb Williams could step in the NFL, and similar to a C.J. Stroud, I think he'll be able to put up numbers and poise equal to Fields as Fields would be in his fourth year next year. So I think if you say that it's equal, and I think it would be, then you take that other stuff and build around a new guy. You're going to get him cheaper. You're going to get to work with him. you got a new offensive coordinator. Let's say the guy works out well. Let's hope he does. Uh, I think, to me, it's a no-brainer. Get a quarterback, use Fields
1: in the ninth pick, build around him, and move on. All I'm saying is that there is going to be a huge amount of pressure. That's really the only thing I'm saying. And probably a lot more than there would be in other places. Well, there's a huge amount of pressure for a lot of people. You don't think there's a huge amount of pressure for polls?
0: You know, there, there's a guy that's got to deliver this year. This is a career-defining draft I, I for him. I think that Career. all I'm saying
1: is we and, just don't and, know what kind of person that Caleb yeah. Williams is. I want Caleb Williams, unless something comes up. So I'm not making any any you know I'm not changing my my point.
0: If they over if they overanalyze it, they could blow something. And then what I think you try, I I think if they if you take his athletic skills and you overanalyze all his social skills, and you have paralysis by analysis, I think that could come back and bite you. I don't think many of the fans give a rat's ass about his painted fingernails or about who he walks into a club with or what uh, girlfriend he's got. But I agree with you. He's going to have pressure. I got that. I, you know, I hear that. But I hope the Bears don't overanalyze it and uh, talk.
1: To no, that's fair. About that. I mean, I think that's a fair point. And by the way, I also think that your point of them settling, you know, based on what they just did with Eberflus, is also a fair point. And I was thinking, like, you could—I was thinking you would do this, but which you didn't. But you could do that to to generate an argument as to why they might not take. Caleb Williams, you know what I'm saying? Maybe they're like, well, we got a better coordinator. Fields will be better. We're going to trade down to number three. We'll get, you know, we'll get Mervyn Harrison Jr. We're going to get two other first round picks. We're going to get all this other stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they could end up doing that if that be the case. But here's the other thing too, is that whoever has that first pick is going to take Caleb Williams. I suppose that... Something could come up that we don't know about, but whoever has that first pick is going to take Caleb Williams. So I don't think it's a matter of this quarterback or that quarterback. I think it's a matter of Caleb Williams, because if I, because if I were not going to take Caleb Williams, I would move down to number two and take a different quarterback. I, I just All I'm saying is, whoever uses that first pick, whether it be the Bears or whether they trade it and somebody else does, is going to take Caleb Williams. That's the mystery we don't know. You know first of all, we don't
0: know how much influence this new offensive coordinator is going to have on the draft.
1: None. Uh, but
0: we don't know that. We'd like to think he's going to have a lot of influence, but we don't know that. So if he's got no influence, which I think is wrong, I think he should have some influence, but... If he stepped in and said, hey, I, I like what I see in Drake May. I can work with that. Here's why. And he gave all kinds of reasons. And who knows? Maybe Everfluid feels that way. Who knows? You know. So do they trade the second pick, give the team this pick in second? They want Williams. You, you take Williams. We'll take this guy. We don't know. Like you said, they might analyze Williams and overanalyze it and say, yeah, he's got too many flaws here and there. We don't want him. I don't know what the Bears will do. All I know is they got a history of doing the wrong thing. And until they do the right thing, I won't believe it. But if they take Caleb Williams first, at that point, I would assume it's the right thing. If they took Drake May, I'd be guessing. We're all going to guess because everybody, hands down, thinks Caleb Williams is the man. So if the Bears take him, then until he proves himself, I'll be saying to myself, good, I think the Bears are going to be better. It's going to be exciting to watch. If the Bears don't take him, though, we're back to wondering. And, and, and if and if Caleb Williams fails, you know you know then it's I don't know if at that point if it's the Bears' fault. He's that good of a talent. He sh- he shouldn't fail, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, and I and it's hard to say with that ninth pick. I I think the other thing that and we're obviously going to talk about this more you know as time goes on, but the other thing that you know I mentioned briefly, but we haven't really talked about. Is the fact that if you keep Fields, you're obviously going to exercise the fifth-year option, which means that he would get paid approximately $25 in 2025. He would still be cheap again this year. But it changes a lot of things because then you, in theory, would need to sign him to an extension no later than the end of this year, in which case... At a minimum, he would get forty million a year. Um, if he had a great year, he'd get fifty to sixty million a year. Meaning Fields would. While you're going to have a cheap quarterback for four years if you draft Caleb Williams, and frankly, that changes a lot of things because you're then going to have a lot more cap flexibility for a long time. Like meaning that you could go out this year and if you decide that. Hey, we need a center. You could go out and sign the best center in the NFL if you didn't want to draft one. If you wanted to, if you want a receiver, you go out and sign Mike Evans. You know, if you want a pass rusher, you go out there and sign whoever the best. Like they could sign basically two of the best free agents out there at any position they wanted to. Where they're going to certainly have to be more cautious if they know that the Fields contract is coming, particularly because. They're going to have to pay Jalen Johnson. They already said he's not leaving. They're going to bring him back. And frankly, I don't see any possible way that he does not end up being the highest paid corner in the league. The guy was all pro. He ranked number one pro football focus. And his contract is up at that time. You know what I'm saying? So, meaning, it might be one thing if you were like, well, last year he had a great year. This year, no. No, there's no way around it. He's going to get 21, 22 million a year. So, he's probably going to get a four-year deal around $90 million, something like that. Plus, you're just going to have a bunch of other guys coming up in the short term that you're going to have to pay based on how they drafted. Obviously, they cut into their cap space by signing Montez Sweat. So that's going to be an issue. So, Phil, let's pivot off the Bears for a minute, and I want to play a quick game with you before we get out of here, and it's called Who'd You Rather? So I'm going to give you a couple of NFL quarterbacks and you tell me which. It, let's just say that you are going to have that quarterback for the next two years. Who'd you rather? So, would you rather have Justin Fields or Dak Prescott?
0: Boy, that's a tough one. That's the um, whole point. Yeah, uh, I, I put them both on an equal basis. So I would, I would say I take you. No,
1: that it isn't. Who'd you rather? Both. Who'd you rather? You got to choose Prescott. one or the other. Dak Prescott. Fine. Who'd you rather? This is a really fun one. Tua or Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts. See, this is killing you because
0: you're not going to ask me why. Well, for me, it's
1: really – no, go go right ahead. I would take Dak Prescott over Fields. But I'm not – because I I would rank Fields as somewhere between the – depending on the day, probably right now, the – Eleventh at best, fifteenth, you know, at worst. To me, anyway, quarterback in the NFL. You don't have to agree with that, and I probably put Prescott ahead of that. But why do you prefer Hurts over Tua? I just think he's got more weapons with his legs,
0: and I don't put a lot of, I don't put a lot of uh, uh, money on quarterbacks' legs because I think they need to stay in the pocket. But I just like him better. I just think he's, uh, I like what I see with him.
1: Who'd you rather? Lamar Jackson or C.J. Stroud?
0: Uh, right now, I would say Lamar Jackson. Why is that? Do I think C.J. Str- I think C.J. Stroud has the potential to be a stud quarterback in the NFL. I think Lamar Jackson, though. I think his athletic ability. I think his arm. I think his vision. He stays in the pocket a lot. I think he. Uh, I think he's a a really good quarterback. But I think maybe in the long run it could be C.J. Stroud. But right now, uh, I think uh, Lamar is a guy I would
1: have. Who would you rather, Jordan Love or C.J. Stroud? Jordan Love.
0: I think Jordan Love's potential is unlimited. I think because of his training, uh, the organization he's been in, I think the track record, like I talk about, the Bears have sucked for 40 years. I think... It's undeniable what the Packers does with quarterbacks, Um, undeniable. So uh, I think in the system that he's in, whatever magic they do there, they certainly have the track record of making the best out of these guys, and I think I'd take Jordan Love in a heartbeat. Well, I don't know about in a
1: heartbeat, considering that C.J. Stroud is probably a top-five quarterback in the NFL right now. So um, I'm not even saying I probably would take C.J. Stroud. Um, I like them both a lot, and I think that they are both, you know, top quarterbacks in the league, but, I'm, you know, but, I, but I hear you. Okay, who'd you rather? Jared Goff, and I think these are really good combinations I'm putting together. Who'd you rather, Jared Goff or Brock Purdy? After
0: watching last weekend, I'd say Jared Goff. I think Brock Purdy, um, man, he threw a lot of bad passes, and I don't know why, but it was a big game. And he missed a lot of receivers by a lot. And that kind of surprised me uh, last his last game. So I think his uh, game coming up against the Lions is going to be really interesting. Uh, I think he's certainly got more weapons. I think when you got a defense wondering whether McCaffrey's going to run with the ball or whether you know Brock's going to stay back and throw the ball, I think that certainly keeps defenses on their toes because I think they play up on the line to try to stop McCaffrey, which should open up receivers. But uh, I think Jared Goff right now is uh, playing a little bit. I
1: probably would also select Jared Goff, and I think that he would succeed in that system. I think Brock Purdy deserves a lot of credit. Guy's had an excellent year, um, and, you know, it's tough because everyone's always ripping them apart. But I probably, after thinking about it, would have to go with, um, with Goff. Who'd you rather Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen?
0: Uh, Josh Allen. I just think he's just got something about him. He's a gamer. I think he just has, uh, call it the it factor, I don't know what it is that I see, but it's what I like personally in a player. He's just a balls-out football player. Um, And I think in the long run, he'll end up on top most of the time. So that was a tough loss the other day for him. Uh, there was a lot of reasons why they should have won that game, but uh, I think we'd be t- looking at it a little differently if they had won that game. But you know, the Chiefs came to play and the Chiefs won the game. But I, I Josh Allen, I just love watching him as it's
1: quarterback. It's becoming a very frustrating career for Josh Allen, obviously. And yeah, I mean, if Diggs would have caught that that bomb, that you know, certainly they likely would have won that game. So it's a it's a tough deal. It's also interesting because if you assume that Lamar Jackson is going to be the MVP, which I, I do, it's interesting how you're taking two guys of approximately the same age and the guy and you're rating higher, the guy who has zero MVPs and the guy who has two MVPs that said, I probably would do the same thing, but I, I just think that's an interesting comparison.
0: Yeah. That, that pass, he threw that, uh, that, that what's his name dropped? Uh, That ball went almost 70 yards in the air. Uh, That was one of the greatest dime passes I had ever seen. I was just, at that time, I believe it was first down, uh, that was just a ballsy call. But that pass was one of the best passes I've ever seen a quarterback throw. And That
1: was too bad. Who'd you rather, Justin Fields or Mason Rudolph? (laughs) Uh, Justin Fields. Really? Yes. Would you take Fields over uh, Trubisky?
0: Uh, yeah, I'll take Fields over Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But neither one of you is neither one of them are getting into the promised land, but I'd take I'd take Fields over Trubisky.
1: Phil, do you have anything else here for episode forty seven?
0: Uh, let me think about it. What else is out floating out there in the sports world as I like to end our show with some things, uh, are, yes, the, the Chicago's DePaul Blue Demons fired their head coach mid season. Uh, unusual move, um, probably one of the worst division one basketball teams in the last 20 years. They are, the Paul Blue Demons are absolutely pathetic for a school that once was at the top of its game. And when you don't have football at a school and that's your premier sport, um, it's just amazing in the city, the size of Chicago with the basketball players that we have in this, in this town at the high school level, that that team has sucked for that long. Uh, they got a new AD. He made his move. Uh, I hope they do well. I'd love to see Chicago have a top-notch uh, Division One basketball program, which they haven't had in forty, fifty years. It's just a shame they haven't. So that's my little take on something a little off, uh, a little off the cuff. All right.
1: Well, I would just like to say that I couldn't care less whether DePaul is good or not, um, but I'll respect the fact that you uh, you care, Phil. That is episode forty-seven cigars and sports chicago we will talk to you soon thanks a lot for showing up today thanks to uh bear and we'll talk to you next time we'll be back hopefully in a shorter interval
0: over and out thanks steve
1: Sweet blossom, come on, under the willow, we can have high times if you look back, we can discover the wonders of nature, rolling in the rushes down by the riverside.